This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds and Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Learn how inadequate data may be impacting your used vehicle department at reyrey.com slash used cars. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y.com slash used dash cars. Want to dive deeper into the topics you hear about on Daily Drive? We're offering listeners a special offer, 20% off a one-year automotive news digital subscription. That gets you access to all of our news, information, and analysis made for automotive industry leaders like you. Go to autonews.com slash daily drive promo to redeem. Welcome to Daily Drive for Wednesday, December 6th, 2023. I'm Jake Neer with Automotive News in Detroit, in for Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, one major automaker says its EVs are now profitable in the US and Canada. Meanwhile, China's new restrictions on graphite exports cast a cloud over the U.S. EV supply chain. And GM calls workers back to the office. Plus, we'll hear from Hyundai Motor America CMO Angela Zapata. This large portfolio of SUVs and now electrification, it's just set us up for a lot of success. And as a marketer, I mean, it's almost this embarrassment of riches. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Stellantis is in the black on electric vehicles in the U.S. and Europe. That's according to CEO Carlos Tavares. He spoke at a Goldman Sachs conference today. Because if you want to attract the middle classes, you need to have uh, pricing at the core of the market that makes you profitable. So how to get a profitable pricing at the core of the market is uh, an equation that you can only solve if you reduce cost. And this is what we are uh, reasonably good at. Tavares said Stellantis is, quote, fighting head on with Tesla for sales in Europe. CFO Natalie Knight said Stellantis has overtaken Tesla as Europe's number two EV seller after Volkswagen Group. Stellantis aims to have more than 75 battery electric models globally by 2030. That includes more than 25 in the U.S., The automaker's EV push in the U.S. begins with models such as the Ram Promaster Van, Ram 1500 Rev, and Jeep Recon. Starting this month, China has new restrictions on exports of graphite. It's a key material for electric vehicle batteries that the country has significant control over. And that's casting uncertainty over U.S. EV battery production. The rules took effect on December 1st. They require export permits for certain graphite products, including high-end synthetic graphite and key forms of natural graphite that auto companies use to manufacture EV batteries. John DeMaio is president of GraphX Group, a graphite processor with roots in Hong Kong. It's a wake-up call to where the supply-demand mismatch is for a very key critical element in battery manufacturing, graphite. Their statement was not, we're cutting it off, but it it creates a tremendous amount of uncertainty. China sits on one of the world's largest reserves of natural graphite and dominates the market for the material. Graphite can come from natural or synthetic sources. It's the main component in lithium-ion battery anodes, and it accounts for more mass than the lithium, cobalt, manganese, and other materials used in the cathode and elsewhere in the battery. 
General Motors is telling workers they must be back in the office three days a week starting in January. The move ends CEO Mary Barra's work-appropriately policy that gave people flexibility to stay home during the COVID-19 pandemic. Barra sent a memo to staff on Tuesday saying employees must commute into GM on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday each week if they live within 50 miles of a GM office. Some top executives live out of state. A spokesperson said it'll be up to Barra if they have to go into their offices. Companies have struggled to get workers to voluntarily return to the office. Last year, GM mandated people go back in three days a week, but pushback from staff convinced management to allow departments to determine their own policies, with some allowing workers to maintain remote options. And Renault's longstanding alliance partners, Nissan and Mitsubishi, confirmed plans to invest in the French automaker's electric vehicle unit, Ampere. The company said they will use it to develop EVs for the European market. After years of contentious partnership, today's announcement confirms that the new alliance between the three automakers is smaller and more pragmatic, focusing on regional cooperation. Nissan and Mitsubishi confirmed that they will invest up to 600 million euros and 200 million euros, respectively, in Ampere. The unit has been carved out from the rest of Renault and is due for public listing next year. And those are today's headlines. Coming up, a conversation with Hyundai Motor America CMO Angela Zapata. That's next on Daily Drive. The auto industry's shift to carbon neutrality is here and it's accelerating. But is it enough? This is a moral imperative, an economic imperative, a moment of peril, but also a moment of extraordinary possibilities. No more hesitancy, no more excuses, no more waiting for the others to move first. There is simply no more time for that. Driving to Zero is a new podcast series from Automotive News that looks at the auto industry's roadmap to carbon neutrality. We take a big picture look at the environmental, political, and social trends pushing the move toward a greener future. And we pull back the curtain on how these decisions are being made at the highest levels. I said, you know, the, the headline that you need is, is GM believes in an all-electric future. And I think Dan Ammon and Mary Barra pretty much said the same thing, which is, is like, but, but we, we don't. Spoiler alert, they came around to that idea. Find out how and much more. I'm Jake Neer. Join me and Automotive News Executive Editor Jamie Butters on Driving to Zero. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Of inventory, increased auction fees, and a volatile market means stocking your lot can be challenging these days. To be successful, you have to move fast. You need to make decisions quickly at auction. You need to inspect trade-ins and decide on an offer that will benefit you without slowing down the sales process. You need to appraise and price vehicles with the most up-to-date information possible in a market that can change quickly. But the data you rely on to make these decisions could be holding you back. How often do you find yourself manually filtering through comps because there are outliers that don't match the vehicle you're appraising? When unexpected mechanical issues come up, how much time do you have to spend looking back through comps to reprice the vehicle and determine if the reconditioning costs are worth it? How long do you spend searching through individual auction and third-party websites for the inventory you need? These problems affect the entire used vehicle process 
from acquisition to appraisal to merchandising. Visit reyrey.com slash used cars to explore how old and irrelevant vehicle information may be holding you back and discover how to make improvements for faster, more accurate, and more profitable decisions. That's reyrey.com slash used dash cars. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jake Neer with Kellen Walker. Angela Zapata made history in late 2019 when she became chief marketing officer for Hyundai Motor America. Zapata became the first woman to join Hyundai's C-suite. This year, she gave a keynote interview during the 2023 Automotive News Leading Women Conference in Dearborn, Michigan, with Chrissy Taylor, vice president of editorial operations for Automotive News. Here's a piece of that conversation. Angela, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. All right, so last year, Hyundai officially became the world's third largest automaker. We did. Powered by an enormous amount of sustained growth month over month here in the U.S., and you're on track to log record sales again this year. Yes. Uh, great accomplishment. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. With a lot of help, with a lot of extra people. Yep. So part of that growth is due to you and your team's tremendous work expanding the audience for Hyundai's marketing messages during your tenure as CMO. Can you tell us a little bit about what you inherited when you came into this position and how you assessed what needed to evolve to create the success? Yeah, so um, just to go back a little bit, so um, I had the fortunate uh, position of being at the ad agency for Hyundai just before I came over to be CMO. So that agency is a notion. Um, and there was a lot of things that led to me being there, so, but that was really great. Um, and then our CMO client, he went on to take another opportunity, and then I was asked to come over to be CMO and talk about a, a door being open for me that was quite uh, incredible. So I took over that opportunity, and that was in October of 2019. And of course, as we know, we moved into COVID. <laughs> the pandemic. By, by the pandemic by March. Uh, but what I inherited actually was an incredible team uh, a great agency and, an, and you know and a great foundation, um, which was really amazing. But where Hyundai had been up until that point was really a, a much different company. There was a couple of key things that happened in the fall of 2019 that I think just didn't help write what we would say not just a new chapter for Hyundai, but really probably a whole new book. The first thing is we now have an executive chair, uh, Mr. E.S. Chung, who is actually Automotive News's automotive all-star yep. um, industry. industry uh, leader uh, was just named, and he is the grandson of the original founder of the Hyundai Motor Group. So we're very proud of him and all that he's doing for all of us at uh, the Hyundai Motor Group, which are three auto brands. It's Hyundai, it's Kia, our sister brand, who we are very much in competition with. <laughs> we got asked that today. And then Genesis, our luxury brand. And so his vision for the future is really quite incredible. This idea of progress for humanity, he's very bullish on electrification. We're building a, a new electrification plant in Savannah, Georgia, so on and so forth. Um, we've bought Boston Robotics Group, which is the, the robots and all kinds of things. We're into autonomous driving and that's all under his leadership. The other thing was we were a very long in the tooth in sedans and we're late to the SUV game. And that is very true and we have to accept that. And so we got bypassed by a lot of competitors. And so we were not where we needed to be by the fall of 2019 when I came into this role. 
but we had finally a full portfolio in 2019. We got the Palisade, which is an eight passenger SUV, and that was finally the full lineup. And so that really set us up for success to kind of talk about ourselves as a brand in a fresh new way that gave us confidence where we didn't have that before. And so we were able to finally say to our agency and even within our own marketing group to say, okay, now we can talk about Hyundai in a way as a brand we could never do that before. And I think that was one of the biggest things that happened, bringing not only ES to his new role, we also got Jose Munoz as our new CEO. He'd come from Nissan. He's also been amazing and transformative for the company. And then this large portfolio of SUVs and now electrification. Um, and it's just set us up for a lot of success. And as a marketer, I mean, it's almost this embarrassment of riches. So that really helped a lot. And then, you know, the pandemic happened and that also led us to making some different decisions because we couldn't do some things that we spend a lot of money in like experiential. You know, we couldn't do that because we couldn't get together. And so we took a lot of those investments and we started investing things into audiences we had never spoken to before appropriately. And that was African-American and Hispanic audiences. And we hired agencies appropriately for that. And that has just taken off like a rocket. So uh, a lot of things just were a lot different for us that just had to start writing a whole new playbook like never before. So tell me a little bit more about the work that you've done with some of the agencies you've brought on specifically to speak to those diverse communities. Yeah. Yeah. So we had done some translation before for Hispanic audiences, but it was taking the work we were doing for general market and then just translating it into Spanish. It was okay. And no disparagement of that work. It was just sort of a way to get that work out. Mm -hmm. But we really had never spoken to African American. We have done some Asian uh, marketing, uh, but always still a little smaller. But we knew that our competitors had done a much better job than we had even had thought of. And what a missed opportunity. Um, and so this group that was working on experiential and auto shows within the marketing department, it was just a coincidence. They themselves, as individuals, they are a diverse group. We have several African Americans. We have a couple Hispanic people. We also have a couple of LGBTQ uh, people within that group. I mean, they were the diverse group. And so we said, why don't we carve out some of our general market investment and put it towards multicultural. And so the first thing we did was we hired an African-American agency. We wanted a minority-owned agency. It happens to also be not only minority, but uh, she's African-American, but she's also a woman, and she's amazing. Um, and we hired them, and they have they came up with the OK Hyundai campaign for us. Um, and doing this relevant work for this community has been spectacular for us. And then we hired about a year later, Lopez Negretti, uh, who's been doing in-language work for us for the Hispanic community. And it's just a little bit of that turn on the dial of work that's really resonating with both of these audiences that we had never done really the right way before. And uh, the, the little bit we've done, and we're continuing to uh, and increase those investments has just, really paid off in dividends. We've been very happy with the success for both of those efforts. So let's talk about some of those dividends. Obviously, this more authentic messaging uh, is landing with the, the right audiences that you're looking for. Um, and when you're doing these types of initiatives, you know, show me the money, right? It's always, yeah. it's always helpful to have that backing you up. How have the demographics of your customer base changed since you've made this shift in your marketing efforts? You know, they've changed a lot. The customers we used to have, um, and it's because of our products we had, they were a much older customer. That was our sedans that we had, and they would really probably more, be more 45, maybe 50 years old and up. 
And we still love those people. We want them to still buy Hyundais all day long. Come back, keep buying. Loyalty. Uh, we still have sedans for you. We still have Sonata and Elantra, but it is interesting. We have a much younger buyer today. Uh, and with our electric vehicles, they are much savvier and they are also wealthier. And we've also noticed this, it's interesting. We've had Sunday night football as a partner for many years. We just brought on Amazon's Thursday night football this year, and we thought, was there gonna be a duplication of audiences? But actually not. That Thursday night football audience is younger, wealthier, very savvy. And the interesting thing is that when these customers go to actually buy the vehicle at the dealership, they know so much about the vehicle. So there's a lot of hard work being done with our dealers who are our partners about how to really be ready for customers when they're, they're ready to buy. They know so much more. It's almost like what happened in the medical field is that, you know, Google your patients your know exactly what they, they need to ask their doctors when they go in to see when they feel like they have something that's wrong with them. The same thing that's happening in the car buying business. And so I don't know if those who have watched or maybe have attended the LA Auto Show, we just made a big announcement that we're furthering our relationship with Amazon. We have right now today, all of our dealers inventory is on the Amazon platform. It's called the Evolve Showroom. Um, it's more of a shopping experience. If you actually want to buy, it'll tip you, you know, into a tier three dealer's website, not perfectly all the way on Amazon. The next iteration of that is going to be a full end-to-end -end experience on Amazon. The little joke is you're going to need a bigger cart, <laughs> but it's going to happen. It's going to be released in the spring. We're very excited about that. But again, that's what customers expect is anywhere where I'm going to shop, I want to be able to buy a car. And the car industry is a little bit late to that. You still have to go pick up the car at the dealership, but they're going to expect a different experience. They're not going to wait to do all the finance and insurance at the dealership. They just simply want to learn about their car and get the keys from the dealer. So very exciting about what's happening. And these customers are younger, they're savvier, they're wealthier, and they're just much more up to speed on what they expect from the vehicle by the time they get there. Angela Zapeda is CMO of Hyundai Motor America. She spoke with Automotive News Vice President of Editorial Operations, Chrissy Taylor, at our 2023 Leading Women Conference. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jake Neer in for Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to automotive news journalists Vince Bond Jr. and John Irwin for their reporting for today's podcast. You can get the latest news on marketing, electrification, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a preview of CES 2024 and all of the most interesting automotive angles to watch for at the show in January. A large chunk of the innovation coming from this scene, and I think we'll just give them more room to be in the spotlight and present all the great tech that is going to come to our vehicles uh, quite short term. If you enjoyed the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. 